Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Father, thank you for Pastor Kenny. Thank you for the words that he's going to proclaim from the pulpit. We welcome these words as your words. We know that your words give us lamp unto our feet. They give us light unto our path. They are the bread of life. They make the foolish man wise. So we pray that your word and the ministry of your spirit would instruct us and teach us and convict us so that we could align up our lives in a manner that honors you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's give a big hand to Pastor Kinney. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. All right. God is good. We got a lot of people today here. Yes. That's right. And um, we just had a blessed Thanksgiving. How many people can say amen to that? How many people enjoyed their food? So much food. How many people are still recovering from that? It was a lot, right? Um, we took like, uh, like six, seven plates home, just stacked up in our fridge, all types of desserts and all types of meals. And so God is good. God's provision was there. And um, uh, this uh, last uh, Wednesday, we heard a, a powerful preaching from Pastor Joey. And it talked about our hearts and about having an attitude of gratitude. Because that's what it, it all comes down to, right? It's not just saying thank you, Jesus. It's about really having that attitude in our hearts. Because that's where Thanksgiving starts. It's in our heart. And uh, I was so blessed to hear that message. And, and today, uh, I, wanted to, I wanted to extend that. The Lord wanted me to extend this message into uh, the next part of that message of having that heart. And uh, today's message is called More Than Enough. And we're going to go ahead and let's turn our Bibles to Mark chapter 6, verse 35. And it says that when the day was far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and already, and already the hour is late. We're going to keep reading all the way to verse 44. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. Verse 37, but he answered and said to them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. What do you have? And when they found out, they said, five breads and two fish. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the, on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven, blessed. Another version says he gave thanks and praise and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fish he divided among them all. So they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of the fish. 
Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. And so there was about 5,000 men, and this is a very, uh, uh, this is a common story we all know about, about what took place here. But there was about 5,000 men. So if you add the women and the children, maybe it could have been anywhere between 10,000, 12,000, even, maybe even 15,000 if, uh, if it's a people like Spring of Life where we have lots of kids. And so um, the, the disciples asked Jesus uh, a very important question. And, and we, they say, Jesus, what do we do? We've got all these people that are hungry. They're about to faint. And let me remind you, Jesus, there's over 12 to 15,000 of them. What are we going to do to feed them? And I love what Jesus asks them in verse 38 to his disciples. And so he asks them, what do you have? So they go to Jesus and say, what are we going to do? And Jesus, I love how he answers with a question. And he says, what do you have? How many loaves do you have? And so miracles always begin with what you have. Ask your neighbor, what do you have? Ask him. It's not until you recognize what you have that God will multiply it into more. Many times we're focused and we take an inventory of what we don't have. We're focused on the things that we don't have today. And the Lord wants us to focus on what we do have. Because before that, and the Lord will do this, and he did this to remind you that you need to focus and count your blessings. All the things that we have. Because the Lord wants to use what it is that you do have to do a multiplication of blessings in your life. But it starts with that focus. It starts with the focus of what you do have. So that's the question. What do you have? If you want me to multiply, Jesus says, what you've got, you got to be thankful for what you have right now. He didn't ask him, how much do we need? What are we lacking? No, he said the beginning of the miracle begins on focusing and being thankful for what you have right now. So let's go to verse 39. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. This is interesting. Verse 40. So he told the disciples, go have them all sit down. What a task, huh? 12, maybe 12,000 people, 15,000 people. So they sat down in ranks, that means in groups of hundreds and in fifties. Just imagine the task that you're given. You're one of 12 disciples, the 12 of you. Go and get all these 12,000 people, 15,000 people, and go and put them in groups of fifties and in hundreds. Imagine how much time that took. Imagine the task that it takes to do that. That you say, hey, you guys, all of you guys, you 50 people, I need you to sit down all together and stay in this group. Hey, you, uh, uh, Molinas, Hanals, Rodriguez, Lopez, right there, that's 50. You sit down right here. So imagine you, the task that it takes to do this. And so G, uh, in, a, in a third world country, when, when they have the, those uh, uh, relief trucks coming up, there has to be a certain structure um, before that, that truck arrives. There has to be an order there before that truck arrives. Because what happens if that truck of supplies just comes in and you got thousands of people there? What happens? 
Chaos happens, right? It just, everybody just goes crazy. They go charging. People get trampled over. But the Lord wanted to have order there. Jesus said, I want you to get structured, and I want you to take the time to break it down in groups of 50 and in, and in 100. God's best miracles take time. God's best miracles take time. If you're waiting for a miracle, it's in God's time. God does not move on our schedule. We want it to move. We want it now. But it's in God's timing. And it's going to take some time for you to put some structure. Sometimes the reason God doesn't release the miracle that we ask him for is because we don't have that structure. We don't have the order in our life. We don't have the ability to hold the magnitude of the blessing that he wants to bring in our life. He's got such a huge blessing for us, and sometimes we aren't ready for that. There are some people that they're asking for things, and they're praying for it, and they're not ready to receive that blessing. That if the, if the Lord were to give you that which you weren't ready for, you'd be in danger. If I had just come to the Lord and, and, and I wanted to be a good businessman, Lord, bless me with millions and millions of dollars. And the Lord bless me. You wouldn't, be see, you wouldn't see Kenny now here today sharing with you guys. I wasn't ready for that. Lord, I hope I'm ready today. I receive it. But it, there's a time, there's a season for the blessing of God. And it's in his time. So don't waste the season when you're praying and nothing's happening. Some of us say, Lord, I want a wife now. You may not be ready for that. Or I want that job right now. Maybe it's not the Lord's timing for you. So don't waste the season when you're praying and you see that nothing is happening. God is saying, get organized, get prepared. Get structured. Put your life in order. Get ready in every way you can in the natural so that the Lord can do something in the supernatural. Because he wants to bless you so abundantly. But he wants you to be ready to receive it. He wants to know it's in the right time. Verse 41. Somebody say, more than, enough. more than enough. Notice this. It says, when he had taken the five loaves and two fish, he looked up to heaven and he blessed. That means that, and, and again, another translation says he gave thanks and praise. He gave thanks and praise. He took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and he gave thanks and praise. And notice that all Jesus had was two fish and five breads when he gave thanks, even though it was not enough. Was that enough to feed 5,000 families? It's not enough. But yet he was there to give thanks and praise for what he had. He was there to give to give glory and honor to the Lord and say, Lord, thank you for blessing us with what we do have right now. 
And you've got to learn to thank God sometimes for what is not enough in your life. And he didn't wait to bless it when it started multiplying. Because Jesus can make it start multiplying whenever he wants. But he wanted to show you and I that you ought to bless it even when it's not enough. Or even when we think it's not enough. Lord, this is not the job I really wanted. But I know that I'm thankful for what is not enough. I know that you eventually bless me with more than enough. I know that the provision will come. Lord, maybe this is, this is not the home I really wanted. This is not really the, the situation I planned for. This is not the perfect thing I've been asking for. But had you been thankful for what is not enough in the state that it's in, that's when you'll see the provision of God in your life. I love how Paul writes while he's in prison, Philippians 4.11. It says, not that I speak in regard to need. And look, this, he's in prison when he's writing this. And he says, not that I speak in regard to need. For I've learned that whatever state I'm in, that means in whatever condition I'm in in my life, I've learned to be content with what I have. Verse 12. I know how to be abased. That means I, I know how to be in need. I know what it is to have a lot, to have plenty, abound. Everywhere and in all things, I've learned both to be full and I've learned to be hungry, both to abound, to have plenty, and to suffer need. Verse 13. But I can do all things. I've got enough in Christ because he's all that I need. He's more than enough for me. And this wasn't the first time Paul said this. He says, my grace, the Lord's grace is sufficient for me. His grace is all I need. And when we have a heart to say that to the Lord, Lord, you can put, Lord, I can put all this material stuff aside. And I can tell you, Lord, that you are all I need. Amen. If I lost everything I had in this world, but I got you, I've got all that I, that I need. You are more than enough for me. Even though it's not enough, Lord, I bless it. Even though it's not enough to meet all my needs, Lord, I thank you. Because I could have nothing. And so since I have something, I want to thank you even though it's not enough. And if you're thankful for it right now, the Lord will multiply it in your life. Jesus turned a not enough situation to a more than enough situation by giving thanks, by having an attitude of gratitude, by giving thanks and praise. Come on, somebody shout more than enough. More than enough. That's right. You got to shout it. It's got to be a heart of thanksgiving and praise. Verse 41. Let's go back to uh, Mark. Mark 6, 41. Uh, verse 41. It says, and so when he had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and he blessed it. So we got that, right? And then it says, 
And he broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them all. And so I want you to notice this part of the story. It says Jesus takes the bread and he breaks it. Look how powerful this is. It's when he starts to break it that it begins to multiply. I'm going to say that again. It's when he starts to break it that he begins to multiply. The blessing is in the breaking. And so anything that refuses to be broken in the master's hands refuses to be blessed. If you're broken here today, you want to be broken in the master's hands. Because that's where the blessing is at. It is in the breaking of life that brings blessings of life. And I've seen the most blessed people be so blessed. So the most broken people be so blessed. The more Jesus broke it, the more it multiplied. And he, and he kept breaking it. And more it multiplied. And this wasn't the only example Jesus gave. Jesus gave it to the tree that was bearing fruit. And he wanted to prune. He wanted to cut. He cuts the tree that bears fruit. So it's good to be cut. It's good to be broken. So that it bears more fruit. So that there is more blessing in your life. Sometimes we don't know how to embrace the breaking. But you need to embrace the breaking and come to the feet of Jesus. And say, Lord, take this broken heart of mine. The Bible says he's close. He's near to the brokenhearted. And he wants to be near to you. He knows you need an embrace. He knows what you're going through. And when you give him that broken heart, when you give him that broken situation, and you put it in his hands, he will start to multiply it. But it's not over yet. He'll continue to break it. And it's for a process. It's a pruning process in your life. <clears throat> Lord, I don't get it. But just, just put it in his hands. So if you're going through your greatest breaking, you ought to rejoice because it means you're heading to the greatest blessings in your life. In this same verse, it says that he gave them to his disciples to set before them. He gave them those broken pieces. He gave them the blessing. He handed it over to them. And then the disciples took it and gave it to the people. The blessing didn't come from the hands of the disciples. It came from the hands of the master. Many times we believe that our hands are the ones that have given us the success we have today. And we need to understand that what's come into our hands has come from the hands of our father. He's the father of lights who gives all good things to his children. They didn't come from our hands. They came from nail-scarred hands that paid a price on a cross for us. Everything that you have in your hands, everything that you've accomplished in life, you did not create it with your hands. Everything came from him. We didn't create any of our success. And we shouldn't be glorious and proud of what we've accomplished because God can take it all away like that. He gives and he takes away. He's the owner of all gold and silver. Every blessing comes from the Father of lights. And that's why you ought to be thankful. 
that you ought to give praise to your God for what you have in your hands today, the blessing that you have. We could lose the blessing if we don't give honor and glory to the one who gave it to us. Let's go to verse 42. One of my favorite verses, they all ate and were filled. It's good, right? Huh? Don't you love to eat? But don't you love to eat? And then you're just like, this was good. I'm satisfied. I'm done. How many felt like that when they were eating that turkey and the stuffing and the, and the gravy with the mashed potatoes and a bunch of other good things, right? And then, and then you were stuffed and then the desserts came, right? And it wasn't just one dessert. It was like 12 desserts to pick from. Thank God it's just one day of the year, right? So they all ate. And they were filled. Imagine the miracle that took place. Let me remind you that it all started with just five breads and two fish. To feed thousands and thousands of people. I mean, this is like the size of a, of a stadium. And this is all you have. What a, what a miracle that took place. And they, were, and they all ate and they were filled. They all ate and were satisfied. The Lord wants to bless you so much. That when you eat from his table, you'll be satisfied. That you'll know that with him, it's more than enough. What he offers me is more than enough. King Solomon wrote the book of Ecclesiastes. And in that book, from beginning to end, he talks about everything he ever had. The Lord, the Lord gave him anything he wanted. He chose wisdom. It's a good thing to choose because he could have chosen money. He could have chosen fame. He could have chosen anything, but he chose wisdom. But because of that, the Lord blessed him with money anyways. He blessed him with fame anyways. And so the Bible says that he got anything his eye desired. Anything he wanted, he got it. That's what he says. But in the whole book, everything that he tried in life, it says that it was vanity. It was emptiness in his life. It didn't fill him. He tried he, tried, he had women in his life. He had a thousand women. And he says that was vanity. He said he, he had drinking parties. That didn't fill him. He built himself houses. That didn't fill him. Even his throne as a king, position, didn't fill him. He said vanity of vanities. All is vanity. Life, everything you try to consume, everything you try to get is vanity. He said it's like the grasping of the wind. When you try to grasp something in the wind, just, just do that. What happens when you try to grasp the wind? You look at your hands, you got nothing in your hands. And you look foolish going like this, right? Just go outside and do that. See how people look at you. That's how we look when we're gathering things and grasping the wind and trying to fill ourselves with all the material things. We want the latest. We want the greatest. And we're trying to bring success into our hands, ourselves. And we ought to say, Lord, here it's, it's all yours. I laid at your feet. Here's my life. I want you to fill my hands. I want you to bless me. I want you to fill me. I want you to satisfy me. And at the end of that book of Ecclesiastes, you know what he says? This is man's all, that you would seek the Lord. He says there is nothing greater than being in the presence of God and seeking his commandments and being in God's word. 
that's where he found fulfillment. Man, this is a guy who's gone through everything in life. He's tried it all. Don't you want to look to somebody and ask for advice to somebody who's already been through something? Why are you going to try something if somebody's already been through it? He's saying, listen, I've tried it all. It doesn't fill you. At the end of the end of the game, this is man's all. This is everything. To seek God with all you have. To seek his word with all you got. This is what's going to fill you. This is what's going to satisfy you. He's more than enough for you. Don't let anybody tell you that God just wants to even give you just enough. God didn't purpose you for just enough. He wants to give you even more than enough. Because of the next verse, verse 43, look what takes place. This is what took place on Thursday for me. They took up 12 baskets full of fragments and of fish. There was a lot of leftovers. There was so much provision. You know, I believe that Jesus purposely provided them not just enough, but he chose to give them overflow. To show them that when provision comes from him, it's going to be an overflow in your life. It's going to overflow. He's going to give you way more than enough. That's his purpose for your life. But it's not in your time. It's not when you want. It's not how you plan it out. It's how he has it for you. How he sets it for you. Don't let anybody tell you that God wants you to just have enough. He's El Shaddai. El Shaddai means more than enough. He wants to bless you. He's going to... He wants to, for you to have leftovers so that you can even meet the needs of others. There has to be an overflow, but it's not for just to give you a lot. It's so that you have a lot and enough to give to others. The Lord wants to bless you with provision. My cup runneth over. And he wants to give you enough to bless you. He wants to give you enough to bless your children, to bless your children's children. And you will be a blessing, not just somebody who's blessed. I don't want to be just called blessed. I want to be called a blessing in the Lord's eyes. Because I'm blessed, but I want to be a blessing. Blessed means you got a lot. You got provision in your life. Being a blessing is because you gave it. And you, you need to give it because it's been given to you. Somebody say again, more than enough. He's more than enough. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ever ask or think. There was, there was in nobody's right mind in that group of thousands of people that you could feed this many people with this little food. But God's able, he's able to do exceedingly above all that we could ever imagine, that we could think, or that we could ask, the, the verse says. You ask for something, you think that God can't bless you. Our mind can't bless you. You can't be blessed. But he's able to do abundantly above all that we could ever imagine. 
That's why he says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Because our own understanding gets us stagnant right here. And there's not a breakthrough for blessing in our life. And so when you put your trust in him, when you put your trust in the hands of the master, there becomes a breaking, there becomes a blessing in your life. When you trust him, Lord, I'm going to trust you in this season. Lord, I'm going to trust you and I'm going to thank you and I'm going to praise you in this season. And you get heaven's attention when you give thanks and praise to your God. And when we praise God, he always shows up in your life. He showed up when Paul and Silas were put into prison. They were beaten. They were, they were chained down. They were locked up. And the Bible says that in the midnight hour, in the midnight hour, they began to praise God. And the earth shook. The chains were broken. And the prisoners were set free. That's what happens when you give thanks and praise to your God. And it matters most, even most, when it's in the midnight hour, when it's tough, when it's dark in your life, when things aren't going your way, you ought to still give thanks to God. Lord, things aren't going my way. I'm still going to praise you. St things aren't still going how I planned it, but I'm going to praise you. I'm still going to give thanks. Lord, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't have enough. I'm still going to thank you. And God will allow the earth to shake around you. There's blessings when you praise your God. You got to learn how to praise God at midnight. You don't quit. You don't give up. You don't throw in the towel. You throw your hands up and praise your God. Amen. And God will set the prisoners free. I don't understand this, Lord. I'm going to praise you. And when the church starts to get filled with the praise of God and the anointing of God, the prisoners are set free. That's when the church rises up and says, we're going to praise God. And when the church is anointed, that's when the prisoners get set free. Those who are prisoners to pornography, those who are prisoners to perversion, those who are prisoners to addictions, alcoholism, immorality, or the lifestyle that Satan has sucked you into. You don't have to be a prisoner anymore. You need to lift your hands and surrender to the Lord and praise him and thank him. Thank him for your life. And allow him to set you free. The Bible says that in everything, give thanks to the Lord. In every circumstance, in all things, for this is the will of God. It's God's will, it's God's command that in everything in life, for you to give thanks to the Lord. Since my kids were little, every time I gave them something, I gave them more based on how grateful they were with what I just gave them. And so now they know the secret. All right? So some kids got more than others, and they didn't understand it. Why does this one keep getting more and more and more and more? Because they're more grateful. They're thankful. They say, Dad, you're the best. Thank you so much. And they'll continually tell me the next day, thanks again for that. And what does that do to the father? 
It says, I want to give them more because they're grateful with what they got. And so the father looks. So the father looks at the children no different. And he looks at you no different. And he wants to bless you with more. But some of us are spoiled brats. It's just gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. That's right. Sorry for any Jimmys in the house. But that's what we want. We just want more and more and more and more and more and more and more. We got to say that about Jesus. I just want more and more and more about Jesus. I want more of him. I want less of me. I want less of this world. I want a decrease of me and I want an increase of him. I want more of his presence and less of what I want. Because he's more than enough. In all things, give thanks to the Lord. When you're sick, give him thanks. When you're broken, give him thanks. When you're hurt, give him thanks. When you're distressed or nothing's going your way, give him thanks and praise. In your midnight hour, praise him. If you stop and think, and I do this often, when I don't feel grateful, you know what I do? I stop and think, what would my life have been if he had not rescued me? I love the song in Spanish of Jesus Adrian Romero, Que Sería De Mi? What would have been of my life if you had not rescued my life? If you had not forgiven me? What would have been of the disaster of my life? Where would I be today? What would my family have looked like? I don't even want to know. All I know is that he rescued me from the pit. He set me on a rock. He washed me with his blood, all the blood of Jesus. It set me free. And I started to love him because he first loved me. <coughs> because he laid down his life for me. And I started to give him my all. And when you come in complete surrender to the Lord, that's when you will see the Lord bless you so, more, so much more abundantly. Psalm 124, verse 1. If you ever, ever, ever feel ungrateful, like why, 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 why? Read this verse. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel say, now say, now you guys say it. Ready? Verse 2. Say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, what would have been of my life? They would have swallowed us alive. Their wrath was kindled against us. We would have been destroyed. If it wasn't for the Lord who was on our side, if it wasn't for the Lord that came in and rescued me, that's a reason just to thank him. That's a reason to praise him. I'm almost done. Psalm 103, verse 1. It says, bless the Lord. Everybody say, bless the Lord. Bless you ought to bless the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, every part of me, bless his holy name. Verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Forget, forget not how good he is. We just sang a song. You are good. You are good. Don't forget what he's done in your life. Verse 3. He's forgiven you of all your iniquities. 
He's healed all your diseases, verse 4. He re, he's redeemed you, your life from destruction. He did that in my life. And he's crowned you. He not only rescues you and heals you and washes you, but he crowns you. He crowns you as a prince, as a princess. With loving kindness and tender mercies. That's love. He loves you. And you should love him because he first loved you. You should bless him because he loves you. You should thank him because of the price he paid for you. And that's enough. It's more than enough. Let's have the worship team come up. Because we're going to praise him today. We need to stop complaining and giving excuses. I'm too tired. It's too hot. I can't anymore. I lost my job. What am I going to do? You need to stop complaining and start praising. You got to start thanking God for what you do have. I love the fact that when Jesus set his disciples off, they took their, those fragments. They had 12 baskets of leftovers. How interesting is that, that there's 12 disciples and there's 12 baskets left over. They all had enough to take some home. And you know what, it, what the Bible says that they immediately got on that boat? Right from that blessing of what took place, they immediately got on that boat. And that was the, the story of when, when the storms came and Jesus came running on the water and they were fear, they, 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 had, they had fear in their lives. And he said, oh, ye of little faith, why do you fear? Look at the blessings that you have all around you. Look what I've done. We just came from, from a storm right now. And the Lord will take you from a difficulty to another storm. But he wants you to carry all the blessings around you to remind you of where the Lord took you out from. Because when you see the blessings around you, you say, you know what? The Lord did this last time. Look at this. Look at the provision I got. He's going to take me through this. And the Lord wants to give you more than enough to show you how good he is. Sometimes we tell our kids when they start to complain about their siblings, we tell them, stop right there. Time out. Now that you've complained about them, I want you to tell, tell us three things you're thankful for them. And our kids are like, oh, come on, again? I'm like, yeah, well, now for that, give me four. And so they got to say what they're thankful for about their sibling. And we got to stop complaining. We got to stop whining. And we got to start thanking God for what he has given you. Because what he has given you, you need to know it is more than enough. You may think it's not enough, but what God gave you, the price he paid for you, it's way more than enough. His grace is sufficient. He's all that I need. He's all that I want. Don't complain and use your circumstance as an excuse not to thank God, not to praise God. The fact you're here today breathing is a miracle. There's people who've gone through some really tough times. And they've been testimonies to me on how to press on and still give thanks and praise. 
that you see it in their hearts, you see it in their lips. I love, I love the testimony of Maggie, even though she lost several loved ones in her life, including her husband. You see that woman walking around, thanking God all the time, praising God all the time. She's always sending us text messages, Jenny and I. Look at this new song. I love this song, praising God. That's what God is looking for. That even in the midst of circumstance, there's still thanks and praise. Even in the midnight hour, there's still thanks and praise. I've gotten close throughout the years to the Gill family. They lost their parents at a young age and a, and a sibling at a young age in a car accident. And I'll tell you, there is few people that I've seen in my life that have had more thanksgiving and praise in their heart than this family. And that's because they didn't put their focus on what they were missing. They put their focus on what they really do have. And they knew that there was a father that would be a father to the fatherless. And only God can do that. Only God, only the hands of the master can multiply and provide a family for them this size. To not even just have spiritual mom and dad in this place, but to have brothers and sisters. That's why I love the house of the Lord. That's why David loved the house of the Lord. He says, one thing I desire, and it's to be in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Man, there's no better place to be in, to, to be around this family. God provides. To me, this is multiplication of not just one brother, one sister. I got so many brothers and sisters, and the Lord is just adding. Those that don't know, the Lopez family has another one adding. God's not done. The Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise. Pastor literally and his family have gone through the fire and the flood. Their, their house on fire. They've had floods in their house. But they, the day that fire took place, he was on this pulpit giving thanks and praise to God. I thank God for that example in my life. Because it only prepares us for when we are in the fire, when we're in the flood, what we ought to do. It's great to read it in Scripture. But I love it when Scripture is made alive in the people around us. God reveals it to us. When we praise God, God shows up. Let's read this last verse, Psalm 34. Verse 1. Let's all stand. It says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Not sometimes, all the time. His praise shall continually be on my mouth. His praise shall be continually on my lips. No matter what, I'm going to praise him because it's at all times. Verse 2. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. It's not, Lord, what you've given me. It's you, Lord. I'm going to boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Verse 3. Oh, magnify the Lord 
with me. I'm telling you today, oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Let's exalt the name of the Lord together in this place. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Come on, let's sing praises to our God, for he's a good God. He's been good to you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, you are good. You're good. You're never gonna let me down. And you're never gonna let, you're never gonna let me down. How many give thanks to the Lord for the word this morning? When it happens when we come to the house of God and we hear God and it doesn't make sense with our reality. They're like, what do you mean, God, more than enough? I don't have enough. What's going on? It, it takes a while for you to line up to the word of God. That's what happens. There's 168 hours in a week, and we come in here for two hours on Sunday, and we want everything to fit. It doesn't fit because we don't know how to align ourselves with God. In the Old Testament, the Bible says that every morning, God would dispense something from the heavens called manna. It was the daily portion over God's people. This is what the, our Father says, give us our daily bread. means God opens the heaven and he gives you your portion for that day. You're supposed to give gladness and thanks to God. But so what happens is we start hoarding it. And the Lord says when in our lives we start becoming selfish and hoarding the blessing of God. In Exodus chapter 16 verse 20 it says anybody that would hoard the provision of God, whatever he had in his hand would turn into worms. That's a horrible thing, that the provision of God, listen to what it says, notwithstanding, they did not listen to Moses, but they kept some, some of them left part of it until the morning, and it became worms, and it began to smell, and Moses was angry with them. The people of God need to know how to steward what God puts in your hands. When you don't know how to steward what God puts in your hands, then everything turns into worms and begins to smell. And so there was a special rule on Saturday, since it was the day of rest, they had to pick up for two days. So they would pick up for Friday and for Saturday, and then it would fall again on Sunday. Because on Saturday, you weren't supposed to be working. And so Chick-fil-A, which is that company that's at the mall, they closed down on Sundays. Because it says, God, you've blessed us from Monday to Saturday. On Sunday, we're going to rest. And everybody's at the food court going, man, why are they closed? I want you to go there Monday through Saturday so you see what happens to their business. The lines are like huge. They're blessed and prosperous because they keep the way of the Lord. Incidentally, this week, Yvette and I will be invited by Chick-fil-A family up to a retreat up in Georgia. There's going to be 50 leaders from nationwide and 50 leaders that care about the family and fatherhood. And we're gonna, they, they give us a three-day retreat. Um, and it's a, a real special time of refreshing for us. We've been going for three years now. Um, you need to be one of those families upon the earth that are aligned with the truth of God. And you notice that this morning, uh, that the word was so powerful that God not only wants to give you enough, he wants to give you more than enough. And a lot of people don't know what to do with more than enough. They'll buy a bigger boat, they'll buy a bigger house, they'll go on a longer vacation. 
They don't know how to be unselfish with their provisions. Father, this morning, you have spoken to us through your word and through your servant. In the house of God, your word has issued forth, and we want to have an attitude of thanksgiving. Many preachers have preached this message. We've heard it with clarity this morning, that everything that is little, two fish and five loaves that go through your hands and are broken and blessed with thanksgiving are able to multiply that we might learn this principle of multiplication to knowing that which we put in your hands that which we steward correctly as yours you will make abundant and we will be going from being blessed to be a blessing to all those around us we pray for your favor upon your families upon those that live according to your word we pray father god that in our thanksgiving in our joy in our peace not only we have sufficiency, we have enough, but we get to the place of abundance where we are able to shine like the stars of the firmament, O oh God, that we might shine and celebrate your goodness. We pray your blessing upon the storehouses of all those that are faithful with offerings and tithes, Lord, in the administration of your kingdom. With our time, with our talents, and with our treasure, we honor you, Father God, so that we might abound towards thanksgiving. Thank you for Pastor Kinney and the Hanau World Changers, Father God. Thank you for their marriage. Thank you for their example that speaks louder than their word, O oh God, the word of their testimony. Thank you for the worship team, O oh God. We glorify you and bless you in the house of God and all the people of God say amen, amen, and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord.